sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in the World Series. And maybe sooner than we think. Here's the old line. This is going to be a tough play. Cubs fans, I am Sean Sears, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. The Cubs signed former Braves reliever Dan Winkler to a one-year deal, but bigger moves are expected as the winter meetings get underway Monday. We'll touch on the latest rumors in the first segment, and then hit on a couple of Cubs news bolts here in the second segment. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with CubsInsider.com. Head to Cubs Insider for all the latest winter meetings rumors right before they're about to kick off, obviously the next four days in San Diego. Should be some hopefully good rumors for the Cubs. We'll have to see. Um, there was a little bit of some disappointing news we'll touch on here in the first segment. You can get Lockdown Cubs on the Himalaya app as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn app, Stitcher, anywhere you can find podcasts. You can find Lockdown Cubs. And when you get into your car, tell your smart device to play podcasts Locked On Cubs for all the great content. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Cubs. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. And then make sure you're giving us, giving our uh, sister stations a follow. Obviously, that's Lockdown Bulls with Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. Lockdown Bears with Lauren Cox. Lockdown White Sox with Herb Lawrence Hill. Plenty to talk about for the winter meetings. Outlook for the White Sox look to be maybe a little more aggressive than the Cubs. And then the Blackhawks with Jay Zawoski uh, trying to figure out what this season is. So um, if you're a big Chicago sports fan, we've got you covered here on Lockdown. But let's jump to the first segment. As I mentioned here, the Cubs signed reliever, right-hand reliever Dan Winkler to a one-year deal worth 750 k with another 750 in incentives for MLB performance. Um, if he does stay on a minor league deal, it would be only worth 200 k but it's likely that Winkler will probably make that major league roster. Um, over the last couple seasons, Winkler's been kind of good, kind of not so good um in two seasons with the Braves prior to this he only threw 14 and a third innings in 2017 but a 2.51 ERA 2.81 FIP and 11.30 K per nine 3.77 walks per nine though that was a little bit of a little bit of a worry but those numbers all improved outside of K per nine here a little bit in 60 innings in 2018 he posted a 343 ERA a 276 FIP with a 10.59 K per nine and saw his walks drop down to 2.98 per nine innings. Um, so it was great to see 2019 though, not quite the same. Um, in 21 and a third innings, Winkler posted a 498 ERA, a 584 FIP. His K per nine dropped to 9.14 and his balls per nine walks per nine was 4.57. Not great. 
home run home runs per nine inning jumped to 2.08 as opposed to 0.45 the season before and his home run fly ball rate skyrocketed to over 20 percent where it was at 5.2 percent in 2018 so winkler obviously got teed up quite a bit he gave up five home runs in those 21 innings of work for comparison he only gave up one home or three home runs in that 60 innings he threw in 2018 so obviously winkler was not figuring it out he was eventually shut down he'll come to the cubs as a low risk move at I think 29 years old. Winkler, a guy with upside, but obviously not going to solve anything here for the Cubs. Um, beyond that, though, I mean, obviously the bigger story right now is that the winter meetings are kicking off. Um, and while people were getting excited to see maybe what the Cubs will do, obviously there's trade rumors left and right for Contreras and Bryant. Um, there was a thought that the Cubs might be able to start negotiating something, maybe sign a pitcher, maybe Nick Castellanos comes back. Ken Rosenthal kind of shut the door a little bit on that in a quote when his uh, most recent article for the winter meeting saying a reunion with free agent outfielder Nicholas Castellanos, question mark, not a chance, at least for the moment. Club officials are telling representatives of even low budget free agents that they need to clear money before engaging in serious negotiations. So in other words, the Cubs to even sign someone on a low level deal, someone like, as an example, Kyle Gibson, who's not available, but for someone like him, the Cubs have to still clear salary to apparently sign someone like a third-tier starter to fill out the back end of the rotation. So that's not great. And continuing with the quote, in any case, a big move or two seems inevitable. The Cubs are one of three teams to exceed the $206 million luxury or the luxury tax threshold last season and already are $6 million above the $208 million threshold for 2020, according to rosterresources.com. So the Cubs, obviously... To make things work, it's come clear now. The Ricketts have released their budget to the Cubs, or at least have given an idea of where they're going. It doesn't sound like it's going to be any different than last year, which is so beyond frustrating. And I mean, like it's it's a big issue. Ownership obviously handcuffing the uh, the front office a little bit here once again. But when you consider what they just did, I mean, Theo Epstein just spent a good amount of money these last couple of years. Obviously, the Cubs were one of three teams that are paying the luxury tax this year. They led all of baseball last year in terms of their payroll. And they had an 84 and 79 season to produce out of it. Like, not great. They missed the playoffs for the first time in five years. Obviously, huge changes happen in the background. But um, when it comes down to it, I mean, if I'm the front office, yeah, I'm probably not giving the Webstein much more money because it seems like they have not gotten the most out of that. I mean, you look at some of the big time signings they had. John Lester's probably the best and only good one. Jason Hayward, not so great. Tyler Chatwood, you Darvish, promising second half of this season and a little bit of you know, beginning the first season two, he looks like an ace, but you want to see sustained success. And obviously he's getting older. So we'll have to see, but you know, even smaller deals like Daniel Scalso, Brad Brock, you know, Tony Kemp last year, potential, but not great. You don't really know what's going on with Ben Zobris. He's reportedly still undecided. I think the Cubs would consider trying to bring him back on a maybe low level deal, but at 39 years old, Zobris may just want to hang it up. He's kind of accomplished quite a bit, two world series, two different teams, whatever have you. But, um, when it comes down to it, ultimately, this comes down to the Cubs. They haven't gotten the most out of their players that are currently on this roster. They haven't been able to develop any talent, so they're constantly having to sign the Brad Brocks and you know Brian Dunsons of the world to just fill out their bullpen. And you look at their rotation, obviously, no developed starters out of that group. Not great. I mean, your best infield position player that's developed over last year, David Bodie, maybe, and even then, like, not so great. He's more of a utility guy than anything. So, I mean... You look at the giant hole at center field. You look at the lack of production out of second base. You wonder what you're going to be able to do once if you do decide to trade Wilson Contreras. There's a lot of different things working here for the Cubs, and ultimately it comes down to the fact that the Cubs fail. 
They feel that developing talent, identifying talent in terms of what they're paying on big dollars, and they haven't got any of those you know, big time switching, you know, payout role or trades like they had with like, you know, the Jake Arrieta, Pedro Strope trade. They haven't gotten anything like Kyle, you know, Kyle Hendricks coming back in a deal like that. And then you look at the players they've been able to develop out of their bullpen, like Rowan Wick and Kyle Ryan stand out, but they shouldn't be. Uh, we've heard their name a million times being compared to the Cubs need to get more of these guys. Yeah, that's great. But when you're looking on paper, like Rowan Wick and Kyle Ryan, like serviceable guys, but they're not elite level arms. It shouldn't be that hard to find these type of talented guys coming up and just being able to produce, you know, reasonable middle relief options. That hasn't happened. So there's a ton of things going, there's a ton of things wrong here. And I think a lot of people are pointing the blame at the front office, but I can't imagine the front office wants to give these guys much more money without showing they can produce something. They have to show that they can develop talent before they start investing more money and is what I feel like. On top of that, there's been money that's getting held up with the renovations. We'll touch on here in the second segment. It sounds like it went way over their budget in terms of the renovations on Wrigley Field, along with the Cubs TV deal not truly kicking in money quite yet to the baseball side of things. Um, that's partly because they haven't officially gotten all the terms and agreements set up with providers and what have you. So there's still money. Like the Cubs will be okay. They're not in a bad spot and they're not going to be selling off everything and you know, just putting out a terrible tanking season again. That's not going to happen, but this is a massive disappointment. So there were rumors coming out here. Obviously we've heard about Chris Bryant rumors touching on theirs. There's a ton of people that keep linking them to the Rangers just because the fit makes sense. And the Rangers have identified like Anthony Rendon and Josh Donaldson as targets for third base. They want to go get a third baseman. They have a new stadium they're building. John Daniels, the general manager obviously wants to try and bring something of value to the player or to the fans that are going to likely be buying new season tickets and things like that at their new stadium. And they want to more compete players adding someone like Chris Bryant would do that. They just don't really make sense in terms of what they could give back to the Cubs. They have a lot of similar needs that the Cubs have on top of that. Their farm system doesn't really have anyone that's really fleshed out and MLB ready. A trade with them would be really tough. One team that does continue to come up though and has made sense, the Atlanta Braves. Um, there was a trade that was uh, thrown out there a few days ago um, about the Braves and the Cubs where Bryant would be heading to Atlanta in exchange for um, someone like maybe like Austin Riley, who could make sense. He's a solid third base replacement and could go right in and play immediately. Drew Waters is another talented center fielder who's a switch hitter. He's MLB Pipeline's number 23 overall prospect. Kyle Ryan or Kyle Wright and Ian Anderson, two highly touted pitching prospects, could also be a part of a deal. Um, and then Jesse Rogers tweeted today saying that the Cubs could potentially, you know, a, a trade that he's predicting very specifically, saying Chris Bryant being traded to the Braves for starter Max Freed and top prospects. So likely that would be more than likely like Drew Waters and another pitcher potentially, or maybe another low-level prospect, whatever it may be. But Max Freed coming back, that's a huge prospect or a huge pitcher that has shown success last year with Atlanta and even the year before showed he could be something potentially great. Um, he's not quite fleshed out as like a Mike Sorka would be. Obviously he's an, uh, the ace of that staff at the moment right now. Um, but sending someone like Matt, getting Max Freed back in prospects for Bryant, that's more realistic of a return, I would say. So he makes sense or the Braves make sense. Another team that could make sense would be the Dodgers. Um, they are showing interest in Rendon. They have kind of identified that Justin Turner is potentially, you know, he did take a little bit of a step back last year in 2019, but um, just kind of where he profiles, obviously, the production, you should start to see a downtick in that. So 
Brian could make sense. The Dodgers have a ton of money available after 2021. They've only got 16 plus million on the books in terms of guaranteed salary. And I think Kenta Maeda and AJ Pollock, a ton of money comes off the books in 2020. So they could commit to a big deal. Maybe they can trade and re-sign Brian. That would be awful. I would hate that so much. But they have the pieces in the farm system that were it makes sense for a Bryant fit there. So that could be that could be an option. Wilson Contreras is an obvious trade candidate at this point now with in-house replacements in a market that's lacking any top-level talent at the catcher position at this point, with you know, the three big names kind of going at this point. Um, Contreras is easily the best catcher on the market in terms of free agent or trades. The question is, will the Cubs move him if they can get the right pieces back? Who would be interested in him? A ton of teams, the Rays make sense. Um I mean, name a team that needs a catcher. Uh, that's that's your that's your market right now. On top of that, the player or the the teams that did go out and get like Yasmani Grandal or Omar Navarro, things like that, uh, weren't people that were really kind of interested in uh, Contreras. So the market is thinned out with any without any real options for for trade partners with the Cubs disappearing. So all that does is increase the demand for Wilson Contreras. It just makes too much sense. I I, I think Contreras will likely get moved up. If you had to pick someone, I think at this point. It's pretty obvious. Contreras is the most obvious move, but with how much attention Chris Bryant's getting, it can make sense too. So, Javier Baez extension talks are expected to progress this week. It sounds like Cubs and Baez and his, you know, the Wasserman agency group will meet with the Cubs to try and negotiate some type of extension or at least make the next step. It's not confirmed that this is going to happen, but it does sound like massive strides are going to be happening during the winter meetings. So that's good to hear. Hopefully if, if buys can, if they can work on an extension with buys, maybe that sets up a framework for guys like Bryant Rizzo Contreras, if they do want to extend him players like that. So some names that have popped up in trade targets, Ender Inciarte has come up a few times now via Bruce Levine and a few other random places. Obviously, Whit Merrifield is going to be constantly mentioned, I think as a Cubs target now for the rest of this offseason, whether there's real, Threats of the Royals actually trading someone or not, we'll likely get a better idea of what direction the new ownership group for the Royals is going in this year. And then Starling Marte, same thing, the Pirates. Um, obviously, new coach, new general manager, pretty much a whole new direction they're going to try and go in. Maybe they might want to consider trading Starling Marte. He is 28. I think he might turn 29 this year. Um, obviously, the Pirates aren't going to be competitive in the next three to four years. Um, it doesn't really matter maybe if they trade a player in the division, but maybe they don't want to do that. Who knows? It's tough to see a guy that be really good for a team that you're going to see probably 19 times this season. So I could see that. So ultimately, those are kind of the things we want to pay attention to. Overall, in the winter meetings, the Cubs not expected to spend a lot of money and more than likely are going to make an impact by trading. And it sounds like if, if they truly have to move money off the books before they can even sign, you know, a four, a fifth starter or a middle relief guy, um, or maybe a second baseman, center fielder, whatever it may be, um, I would expect a trade to happen this week. I think the Cubs, at the very least, are going to try and gauge what, you know, the interest is in some of these guys realistically, see if they can kind of put value to that and see if it's something they truly think they should try and do, if it's going to get them the, give them the best opportunity to compete, obviously, in 2020, but 2021, 2022, 2023, that's where the Cubs are really focusing on, it seems like now. And with the budget coming out, it really does feel like the Cubs are focusing heavily on trimming, trimming the fat. And with them being so close to that threshold right now of the luxury tax for a team that even if they were to spend a little bit more money and, you know, improve at second base and center field and keep relatively the same group here, it's probably still not a title contender. That's kind of what we're running into here. So 
More on that in the second segment, but before we do that, I do have a couple quick words from our sponsors. If you are a Spotify listener, use Spotify Wrapped to show us your top Lockdown podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Lockdown Live, or you can tag the host or show. So if you like me or the Cubs, obviously Lockdown Cubs, at Sean R. Sears, that's me. Tag us on Twitter, and we'll make sure to share and retweet that. And then, of course, we are sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable, the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever a moment arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance the performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the U.S., and since Blue Chew prepares and ships directly, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal with our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB, and try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. We thank them for sponsoring Locked on Cubs. All right, welcome back here in the second segment. A couple quick notes here before we wrap the show. Um, not really Cubs news, but strange. The Tigers are showing interest in Addison Russell. It does make sense for Detroit to take a flyer on someone like a disappointing shortstop. And Russell, obviously, if they're not going to be very good, there's very little talent on that roster. Why not give Addison Russell some plate appearances and maybe he figures things out in Detroit? Probably not, but hey, whatever. So... Hoping for the best. Makes sense there. Uh, as I teased here at the beginning of the show, Tom Ricketts did confirm that the Cubs' renovation project exceeded their budget by nearly 100%. During a recent panel with the Sports Business Journal, Cubs chairman Tom Ricketts acknowledged that the team missed the budget for the Wrigley Field renovations by around 100%. <laughs> that aligns with what the Cubs have already com- confirmed publicly with an initial projection of $545 million in estimate to $1 billion in cost for the entire development. So the Cubs have essentially doubled the cost of what their budget initially was. They've literally 100% spent over it. So that explains some things. The Cubs have obviously spent a lot more money than they were expecting in their renovation. They have not gotten the production out of the players they've invested money into, and they still haven't seen any money come through the marketing network yet. That all adds up to the Cubs not wanting to spend another 14, 15, 16 million in luxury tax money after expected to pay somewhere between six and seven million this year so everything we kind of thought might happen is happening again so that's cool not that it matters but ryan spader on twitter uh announced that cubs are one of 20 plus teams interested in garrett cole cool he's not coming to chicago but cool <laughs> there was also a kind of a weird suit that was hit on the Cubs. The Cubs are now facing federal review over accessibility for fans with disabilities at Wrigley Field. Currently being sued by a fan who attended Wrigley Field and felt the, re- felt the reservations were still not up to requirements by the Americans with Disabilities Act standards. Claims are that it was worse now, that the Wrigley Field is worse now with the renovations than it was before. As someone who has attended games, my mom, who does have a handicapped placard in her car, has had multiple knee and hip surgeries, I agree. It's kind of a nightmare. Um, I was pretty frustrated. I went to opening day in a couple games last year. And two years ago, I went to the the playoff game with my mom um, against the Rockies. And both times I called Wrigley Field, my mom, 
Like I said, his head, he, nip and, uh, hip and knee surgery, isn't able to walk a ton. We parked, my cousin lives like two blocks away from Wrigley. My mom parked her car in front of his house and we walked over and it's a tough walk for even two walks. Like it's or two blocks, it's tough. So I called and was trying to figure out, you know, do they have any type of handicap services? Is there an elevator we can use possibly? Because going up and down those stairs is tough for her. Our seats, of course, for that postseason game were like in the 400 section. So like we're pretty high up you know, one of the second to last rows, we're sitting on top of each other, we're just going to enjoy the game. But I'm worried about my mom, I don't want her to be sore and uncomfortable throughout this game. So I'm trying to figure out what amenities Wrigley had. And it was pretty much nothing. I mean, they have an elevator, but so frustratingly, they told me both times to go in through a different door. Um, that was not very close to the elevator. My mom had to walk pretty much from one side of Wrigley Field to the other to get to this elevator to go up. Um, you know, the elevator itself, pretty packed, opens up to a lot of the club level stuff. It's clearly not meant for handicapped people. It's meant it's meant for people that are spending money to go into the club suites. Um, that's 100% what that is. And they use it for multiple purposes, but that's not, that's not what that is. On top of that, it, I mean, the Cubs packed in a couple more seats. They took some out in certain areas to, you know, obviously expand and take away some of the bullpen options or whatever. When they did that, they added more seats there on the left field side. Um, it feels kind of smushed a little bit sometimes. And for someone that can't really walk a lot, that is stuck in a wheelchair, that does have, you know, some type of whatever, you know, some type of, you know, whether it's crutches, whatever have you, to navigate around Wrigley Field, it's tough as it is with how many people there. It's obviously never going to be a perfect situation, but I would agree. I think there's plenty more the Cubs could be doing. They're likely just doing the bare minimum. So there was a report from Bruce Levine that the Cubs are, and many teams in general, are are arriving at the winter meetings early. The Cubs reportedly could have up to 25 people working as support staff during the four days in San Diego. So obviously the Cubs are going there expecting big things to happen, or at least wanting to make sure they're not shorthanded. Um, like I said, more and more just feels like the Cubs are going to try and make a trade in this winter meetings and then go from there, or at the very least evaluate which direction they're going. So um, there was a report that the A's are showing interest in Sergio Romo which could mean they're out on Blake Trennan. They did non-tender him a couple weeks ago, but they were still showing interest in bringing him back on a cheaper deal. Looks like with Romo interest here, they might not be going that direction, which could mean the Cubs could maybe get a flyer on Blake Trennan, but a lot of teams are thinking the same thing as well. And then finally, the Cubs were reported as one of the teams that have checked in on the KBO starter, Josh Lindelbaum, who posted a 267 ERA over his last two seasons. He's got a K per nine, roughly around like nine to 10 10 per nine innings like that's pretty good obviously he's got a really good fastball that moves quite a bit and he paired it with a splitter in the last two seasons in the kbo and has seen some big big strikeout numbers appear out of nowhere so the 32 year old coming in as an option but a lot of teams are generating interest in him um he seems very much like the next miles michaelis at least in terms of what he'll get in free agency um probably not a cubs target but nice to know the cubs are at least looking at options obviously they're going to be looking at everything so but that's what I've got for you here before the winter meetings. I did write a story for Fansided today, kind of going over some of the five big storylines for the winter meetings in general, not just for the Cubs. But I did talk about the Cubs a little bit, so if you want to check it out, it's linked in the story here. But that is our show today. Remember to get this show every day. You need to subscribe to Locked on Cubs on the Himalaya app or whatever podcasting app you use, whether that's Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, TuneIn, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you should be able to find Locked on Cubs. And when you get there, make sure you subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Cubs. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. Thanks for tuning in to your guys' Daily Cup podcast. Enjoy the rest of your day. And as always, go Cubbies. <laughs>